everyone. Welcome to Ozonomics, a podcast created for and by students in introductory economics classes at SUNY Oswego. In this series, we'll have discussions about various economic principles and how they apply to our day-to-day lives. Are you ready? Let's go! Hi, listeners. It's Jeanette Lee, once again with another podcast. Today, I will be talking about the economic effects of immigration. So, just so happens that unauthorized immigrants create a demand for goods and services while an estimated 50 to 75% pay taxes. So, because of cheaper labor, meaning they get paid less than what, let's say, you or me will get paid while doing the same job at times, they contribute to lower prices in industries where they work, like restaurants, construction, and agriculture. You actually see this happen very prominently at jobs, but it happens more when an immigrant is involved because there might be a language barrier, which is like a super big problem. For example, when the hospitals, they're phasing out LPNs, but hiring patient care techs because instead of having CNAs and LPNs, they hire patient care techs that does a little bit of the job. They do the fixing of the beds, plus they are able to do the EKG and draw blood too. So you do see this. It just so happens that maybe you'll catch on to it if you could communicate better. The relationship has been observed between immigration and the growth. Obviously, it depends on many different variables like the skill composition. They are very hardworking because in other countries, they have no choice but to work super duper hard. We're a bit spoiled here in America that most of us like to admit that. The rate of the simulation, the distribution labor market consequences, the size of the immigration surplus, the potential human capital extremities, and the long-term fiscal impact. Increasing deportation rates and tightening border controls, weakness, like low-skilled labor markets, increasing unemployment, and native low-skilled workers legislation instead decreases the employment rate of low-skilled natives and increases income per native. Who would have thought? Now, you also see a lot of people like to complain about having immigrants in our country, but the benefits claimed include fiscal advantages, increased gross domestic product per head, a ready supply of labor, because like, as I mentioned earlier, they work very hard, and improvements to the age structure. Fears that large-scale immigration might damage the interests of unskilled Native workers are discounted. How about that? Immigration also has a net positive effect on combined federal, state, and low budgets, but not all taxpayers benefit equally. In regions with large populations of the less educated, like low-income immigrants, let's say native-born residents, bear significant net costs due to immigrants' use of public services, especially education. So this is where a lot of people agree with certain things that are going on in the government because they just feel like since we live in America, our people come first. I personally think everybody should be treated the same, fairly. Some people have this vendetta against immigrants and they like to say like, you know, we have to take care of our people first, which I could kind of sort of understand. But if we all are getting help and there's space to help an immigrant, then I think we should do that. But people have a problem that the people of our country are getting denied certain things. But then again, the immigrants are coming from another country without earning it and benefiting from the benefits. It also comes to the fact that immigration leads to more innovation, a better educated workforce, greater occupational specialization, better matching skills with jobs, and higher overall economic productivity. They come skilled. They come ready to work hard. They're not lazy like us. Sometimes they're politer than us, which is pleasant as well. 
for customer service reasons. Immigration also has a net positive effect on, as I mentioned earlier, federal, state, and local budgets. It's good things, and then it's just things that people don't like to face, like the fact that, let's say I'm working in a factory and then there's an immigrant working at the factory, they'll pay me my high rate and they'll pay that person less because they feel as though that's what the person deserves. So it's kind of hard to pick a side, but they definitely have a great impact on our economy in the terms of getting stuff done, like when they work in a factory, when we have a lot of immigrants that happen to be mechanic, very hands-on jobs is where we see a lot of immigrants. They make a great deal of a difference. In 2019, the labor force participation rate of foreign-born adults was 65.7% higher than the 62.3% rate for the native-born. And according to the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics, 27.2 million foreign-born adults, 63.4% of the foreign-born adults were employed that year, compared to the 59.8% of the native-born adults. It's clear to see immigrants hold jobs that are important to our economy, to our communities, immigrant workers without a college degree. So like it's helping them get what they have to do done. It's helping us progress with our economy. And then I personally live in New York. We need big buildings. We need them. They're more of a positive impact than they are negative. So I hope I was able to bring clarity or teach you something that you didn't know about the situation. Thank you so much and have a great evening. There you have it, folks, on another edition of Ozonomics where economics becomes easier for Oswego students to understand, where you get your money that you pay for your tuition's worth. If you feel like being ahead of the curve, grab a seat, grab your phone, shift your fingers left and right, and download Ozonomics on the podcast app. See you later. The introduction to this podcast was provided by Kate Soans and Gabriella Schaff. Michael Kalawali provided the outro. Music by Lobo Loco. Mm-hmm.